whether you're a first-time buyer or it's been a while. Today's episode is how to avoid purchasing a bad boat and how to recognize the three pillars of what makes a good boat. Everything Boats is produced by 844yachtbroker.com, toll-free and on the web. Everything Boats is a show about the purchase, sale, use, repair, and just about everything about saltwater recreational vessels. You're not just buying a boat, you're buying freedom. During COVID, many people discovered or rediscovered the sanctuary that it provided their family to get out off the land and onto their waterfront property where they could just enjoy life. A staycation that requires no planning. At a moment's notice, you can just say, hey, let's go down to the boat and hang out a little bit. Whether it's wine and cheese on Wednesday or whether you just want to invite some friends over on the weekend. Or maybe your kids went off to college. Well, this will bring the family back together because, well, dad and mom, well, they're pretty cool. They got a boat. So what are you buying? Are you buying a boat? No, you're not. You know what you're buying? A lifestyle. A life that awaits you behind the gates of those docks. The camaraderie that's shared between fellow boaters who could care less what each other does for a living. They just want to know what kind of boat have you got. What type of boat? What size? What's your budget? Where are you going to put it? And how do you plan to use it? We'll get to that in the next episode. The two best days of owning my boat was the day I bought it and the day I sold it. Now, who said that? It doesn't matter, as long as it's not you. Guy bought the wrong boat. Only 10% of boats are any good. You listen to this podcast, and I will make sure that you are never that guy. I will teach you how to avoid bad boats, what to look for, and how to find a good boat. The three pillars of a good boat is long-term loving care. That is, long-term ownership, original owner if possible, regular use, at least as much as possible because boats hate to sit, and proactive care, not reactionary. You want to buy a boat that you can count on, one that doesn't break every time you leave the slip. Now, we try to stay north of 1978 wherever possible, and that makes it kind of difficult to find too many original owners. Although people die. I sold eight boats last year for uh, people that died. And the family, you know, didn't want anything to do with boating. So, uh, you know, that's ideal. I mean, not that they die. Um, it's not like it's a big fire sale. Oh, he's dead. Give the boat away. But, uh, but what I'm trying to say is boat, boats that age, it's, it's hard to find an original owner. So you try to find as few owners as possible. And... If you look hard enough, if you order a um, abstract on the vessel through the DMV or through the Coast Guard, depending on how it's registered, uh, you can find out you know, how many owners are on it as, as well as any liens that may have ever been placed on it. Uh, by the way, that's important to do. Always do a lien check before you hand over the money because sometimes people forget their property taxes and it just shows up on there and they didn't even know it. And uh, that lien follows the boat. So always do that. A, a DMV lien only takes... 15 to 20 minutes to get. And a Coast Guard, uh, it maybe costs 25 bucks. A Coast Guard lean check abstract, they call it, can take between two and seven days, depending on how backed up the Coast Guard is. Now let's get back to the number of owners. You want as few owners as possible. 
If you've got a boat that's changed hands every two to three years, over and over and over, um, and, and we usually don't look that hard at past ownership. Usually the general history you find out is goes back at least one or two owners. But when you run the abstract, you might see a lot of owners. Um, that's never a good sign. That means people want to get rid of that boat. That means that uh, it's probably a bad boat. And every time someone gets it, they realize they made a mistake. And remember, you cannot donate a boat to the goodwill. You have to keep paying for your slip or storage until such time that somebody buys that boat or you pay someone to destroy it. Never forget that. The second pillar is regular use. And these aren't in any particular order. All three of these matter. And you try to find a boat, by the way, with at least two of these things, ideally three. Uh, but uh, regular use matters. The average powerboat is going to show hours that are maybe 100 a year. 100 a year is doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It, that means someone took their powerboat out twice a month for a few hours each weekend, or every other weekend, I mean. And, and that'll total up to be about 100 hours. Um, what's weird is boats that are 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years old all seem to have 500 hours on them. So don't put a lot of weight on that hour meter because how the boat was used and how it was maintained is going to make all the difference in the world. You can have a boat with 2,500 hours that is in better shape than a boat with 200 hours. Don't forget that either. And a quick side note, sidebar they say, is uh, when it comes to hours, you can't always trust hour meters. Uh, you also don't know if the hour meters were reset during a rebuild of the motor or whether the motor was rebuilt and nobody ever reset the hour meter. And talking about hours on boats, it makes a big difference whether it's a gas or diesel. Now, gas is pretty good for light duty. Even some convertibles and sport fishers, you know, little bigger boats with, with a lot of horsepower. A gas motor can be a very effective solution if it's been lovingly maintained and used regularly. If you've got a fellow that had a boat and took great care of it and loved that motor and did everything on schedule and used it often, then sold it to a guy who just let it sit in the slip for two years and didn't use it at all. You just took a boat with perfectly good motors with the same hours and heck, the engine room still looks just as clean, but that motor is now toast. And the only way to find that out is to uh, take it out, run it, and it'll break. Or, uh, of course, if you were to buy it, do a compression check. Never buy a gas motor without a compression check. Never. With diesels, you have really no compression check to do, and it would be pretty expensive, actually. What, what you do with a diesel is, if it doesn't have good compression, it's just not going to start. So in lieu of a mechanical inspection, well, I mean, you do a mechanical inspection, but that you'd be surprised with diesels. Generally, what I have found is that if it starts up cold and doesn't blow any more than a puff of smoke when it starts and minimal smoke thereafter, if any, and if the motor hits its maximum RPM rating for a marine use uh, environment, then you've got a Oh, and by the way, and it, and it runs at high RPMs without overheating. Then, and the motor's obviously been, uh, you know, looks like it's been maintained and shows signs of care. 
then you're in pretty good shape. And you factor that in too with just the overall condition of the rest of the boat is going to tell you a lot about the engine room and how it was cared for. So that was just worth pointing out. With gas motors, um, the diesels are rated up to 8,000. 8,000 hours, depending on the model. Uh, I don't usually see too many above 3,000, but some are. And if they're used regularly, that's still okay. Gas motors, they say, you know, rebuild the risers at 500, rebuild the heads at 1,500 hours, and rebuild the motor at 3,000. Well, that's if you Google it and think you know what you're talking about. Get into some of these forums where you have a bunch of armchair captains who don't actually get out in towboats like I do, and get out and do high-risk deliveries on jalopies, you know, boats that are probably going to sink. I have done so many fixes at sea and had to be towed so many times in the middle of the night during a delivery. You, you wouldn't just trust me. It is nothing pretty about being in cold, snotty, windy, foggy conditions and having to crawl into an engine room and try to get the motor started in, in sloppy weather. Um, so let's get back to uh, gas motors. Generally, they all seem to have 500 hours and they all seem to need a rebuild before 600 hours. And even a boat with only a couple hundred hours and a good history can still be a bad motor. So never buy a gas motor without a compression check. And uh, your surveyor can inspect the uh, engine room and the overall care of the motor, but it pays to have a surveyor who is a mechanic by trade also, or bring in somebody who is, or a shipwright because they've seen it all. And those are the guys that fix boats. And... We'll get into selecting shipwrights and trustworthy mechanics and all that too, because who your team is to help you care for your boat is where you save your money on a boat, not upfront. If you try to save money upfront on the purchase of a boat, you will pay for it during the time of ownership. So where you save money on a, on a good, on a boat purchase, excuse me, is during the term, the lifetime that you own it during the time you own that boat. So getting back to the gas motors, um, they're rated for 3000 but, you know, your practical application, even if you take care of it, you're probably not going to get more than 1,500 hours, I think. And speaking of gas, let's say this. Two sister ships, identical year, make, and model. Let's say they're, one of them's 30000 and the other one is 50000 The difference, add ten to 15000 per motor if it's diesel diesels are that much more reliable and that's good to know and the third pillar is proactive maintenance proactive maintenance matters if you've got a boat with two motors a twin screw we call it and let's say an exhaust elbow corrodes and has to be replaced did the owner replace just the corroded one or did he proactively address the issue and knowing that the other exhaust elbow on the starboard motor is bound to go soon, uh, same boat, same motors, did he replace both or did he replace one? You know, um, that matters. Now, when somebody may rebuild like one motor and wait on the other because it's doing great and then you know, a year or two later rebuild the other, that's fine too. But as a rule, was it a... Uh, reactionary maintenance or was it proactive maintenance and that matters uh you want to get a boat that's been proactively maintained uh, and some guys keep receipts some guys don't uh it's nice to have receipts but sometimes you just have to size up the integrity of the owner 
and the integrity of the owner and do some detective work and then make a judgment call. And that's where shipwrights come in and mechanics come in and your, your team of good guys come in and help you evaluate the overall picture of the boat. But as a rule, yes, proactive maintenance. So remember these three things before we wrap up here. And that is long-term ownership, regular use, and proactive maintenance. You want two or three of those, ideally all three. I call it long-term loving care. And that makes a good boat. I'll leave you with this, this one tip. Peek at the engine room. You know, the rest of the boat may look good, but go straight for the engine room. Check the light bulbs, make sure they all work, but then go straight to the engine room. Look at the motor mounts. Are they corroded? Look at the prop shaft if you can find it and see it. Hopefully it's nice and shiny. Do those two things. The reason I said the motor mounts is when things leak, people will replace the things that leaked or the damage that was done, but rarely does anybody go to the trouble to lift the motor and replace the motor mounts. So the motor mounts have a big story to tell. And if they're corroded, they're telling you something. And what they're telling you is somebody let that poor motor leak and leak and leak and leak. Part two will be another 10, 15 minutes, and it will delve into other things such as the differences between gas and diesel. And I will go into so much. You really owe it to yourself to listen to this podcast. I promise you I will teach you everything I know and make you a quasi-expert. And if you have any questions, you can always reach my office at 844-YachtBroker.com on the web or toll free. Or text me direct at 949-339-0304. This is Rick Portanova, and it's been a pleasure hosting this podcast for you. Everything Boats and 844-YachtBroker.com are services provided by Portanova Yachts based in Newport Beach and serving from San Diego to Santa Barbara.